Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to a summer edition of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I know it's been a while since we've done this, but we're hoping that we're fully back, right, boys? I think everyone's kind of settled down now. We've been running around. Cody's been on bachelor parties. Avery's been walking golf courses. Uh, You know, I've been doing my thing in Nashville and all the other cities and whatnot. But the boys are back, and we're hopefully going to have an organized way about this going forward. And, uh, we hope you didn't miss us too much, but I'm not going to talk anymore. What's up, fellas? What's going on? I love that my hiatus is just about me walking golf. golf courses. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know He's what else so to say. Sick. He's so sick. Yeah. Really been doing it all. Dude, <laughs> pumping out interviews. He's doing things. Yep. He's doing, yeah. doing great stuff. But Cody, Cody, you, you go. You had something you wanted to say. Well, I was just going to say Johnny literally looks like he, he like rubbed a fire hydrant all over his fucking face because yeah, I don't know what's – I don't know what's, well, I I don't know what's red. Look at his right ear, dude. That is <laughs> – dude, oh, my God. Sunscreen, yeah. bro. Sunscreen. Yeah. I actually didn't wear any sunscreen for this July weekend. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Cody, you just went on a rant about your time in Austin, Texas, best city in the world. I've been there like 10 times. I'm, this is your I'm, first time there. I'm moving there. Hence hence why yeah. I have no voice. I'm literally yeah. moving there. Like, you guys can come if you want. I'll leave my wife at home. We can get a bachelor pad. And- <laughs> no, I like and that. Avery, I'll, you I'll, haven't seen the sun in weeks, Avery. <laughs> It's, I think it's just the lighting. I think it's just the Bro, lighting. Bro, he walked to 18 today in fucking 100 degree weather. Yeah, it's got to be the lighting. I'm actually pretty tan. Like, I'll I'll, I'll send you guys a totally. picture. I'm, I'm pretty tan. Yeah, send us a picture. Wow, it's picture. so good to be back. He's going to send a picture. It's going to be of like Terry Crews. Yeah, yeah. So, so thrilled yeah. to be back on the Blue Crew pod. Yeah, we won't dive into the Ranger stuff right away. But, you know, like we said, we're hoping to do episodes starting now every Monday, every Thursday. We're going to try to have a guest on, I think, for every Thursday episode. And then for Monday episodes, we're going to do fan questions, although next week might be a little bit different. The summer might be a little bit different, but during the season, that's kind of how we're going to try to go about it. Um, but yeah, you guys want to just like shoot the shit quick? What do you want? I don't know. I don't know how to do or what, what to do right now. Let's send it, bro. Why don't you talk about your personal news and then we'll kick it over to Avery for his non-personal news and then we can kick <laughs> it over to, to me for my least personal news. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess for, uh, most of you that don't know, I've been working a nine to five corporate job for the last like 16 months. I've worked at Sinclair specifically on the tennis channel doing ad sales. And as of July 18th, I will be full time in hockey media, uh, betting on myself and putting everything into, you know, this podcast and covering the league with the NHL and and bleach report and, and the writing and all that. Um, you know, it's been, it's what I just doing 10 different jobs. Dude, why the fuck, Cody? Why are you laughing, bro? Because I was just Cody gives me shit for having like fifty jobs. 
when Johnny said when Johnny said betting on I'm betting on myself, I was just thinking, yo, Avery, me and you should put together like a Johnny music video. Like fuck it. <laughs> what what? Like you're like you're betting on yourself, like like a fucking athlete says. Yeah. Like you just I don't know. It's just, I'm quitting I'm quitting my job. I'm like, you know, no, I'm trying put out to... a track about it. Yeah. In all seriousness, I'm really happy for John for Johnny. <laughs> me, me I too. actually think this he is was like dying a, slowly. This, <laughs> I actually think, I mean, knowing Johnny like personally. I know the other job was getting in the way, so this is this is big. Yeah. And and you just keep moving up in the world. I see you everywhere now. And uh, I didn't mean to laugh. It's all Cody's fault. No, it's dude, okay. you're you're honestly you're a peacock, and it's it's time we let you fly. Cody's on his well, immortal I, what's grind. From? What's that from? It's from other guys, dude. Obviously, come on. I'm so proud of you. You can't, you can't beat me. But like, don't no, watch I, TV. I, like, but you know random movie references. So there's that. Yeah. Well, that's a movie. I don't watch TV shows, but I watch movies. Oh, you do? Okay, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we can put out like more consistent Ranger content that, uh, you know, I won't have to go into an office from nine to five next season. You know, that kind of got in the way of a lot of things. And yeah, I'm just super pumped to, to just fucking be in hockey, man. Um, yeah. That's no, it. I'm I, I'm su- I'm actually super proud of you and for you. I just can't and- take the rest of the show seriously now. <laughs> <laughs> and for any serious inquiries for, you know, hockey stuff only, it's jlazzy23 at the hockey news.com. And, uh, you know, he'll, it's not a real thing, but he'll get going. Yeah. Yeah, And if any of you losers, (laughs) (laughs) and if any of you losers want to rag on Johnny for living out his dream, you can go kick rocks. Who's going to do that? Double time. Well, there's a couple people people going to do that on the internet. There are, there already have been. Yeah, bro. People that's calling you insufferable. I gotta say, yeah. I gotta say something here. And, okay, wait, hold on. I don't want to dive into this. Too, yeah. No, no, I do because too I late, do because dude. it's too late. You opened it. I do because Cody and I are your good friends, and we both find you very insufferable. But we're very happy for you. There's a difference <laughs> Thanks, between guys. like there's a difference between like watching Johnny like throw up a peace sign on Instagram versus like him living out his dream. So you can find him insufferable in that way. But if you want to flame him for, for doing great things in the hockey world, like you're listen, never met a hater doing better than you, Johnny. That's it. The, the, the peace sign thing is honestly just like a trigger. I don't know. I, I can't help myself. Whenever a camera's like pointed on me, I just, I go to the peace sign duck face. I don't know. I don't it know what it to is. Stop. Yeah. It's got to stop. It's got yeah. to stop. Cody and I, Cody um, and I have a separate group chat for that. Yeah. We don't, There's yeah, that. We, we don't need to get into, uh, the, the chirping and whatnot, but, um, yeah, that was honestly kind of cool. I thought that was awesome that I got like a hater. Yeah. I loved it. You have, you have many uh, haters, dude. That one was just openly <laughs> tweeted. Cody's my biggest hater. So, um, but I'm also your biggest lover. Yes, that's true. All right. So how do we transition from that? <laughs> okay. So transitioning, there's been a lot of news going on with our boys. Let's start with the Laviolette coach hiring. How, how do we feel about it? <laughs> we got a coach vibe check yeah. boys vibe check. So I, 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 I can take this one or do you want to start Avery? No, no, Avery, no, go ahead. Gotta go off. Let Avery go. Let him yeah, go. No, there's go, no, no, there's actually, I'm pretty modest about it. There's really nothing to go off about. Um, obviously Gallant's tenure with the Rangers wasn't long Gallant. and he, uh, he's known for that. He's known for not lasting long in organizations, but at the end of the day, um, you can't really grade, assigning a coach acquisition until they actually do something. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty modest about it. I think, I think he did a really good job in Washington last season for what they had. They, they didn't really have a outstanding roster. He got the most out of a guy like Sonny Milano, who's, who's been like kind of up and down in his career and he, he played, he had a great year. So 
and they hired a great coaching staff to uh, compliment him. A lot of a lot of guys with experience coaching young players. Muse, who's worked with the U.S. development team. I'm excited about it. It's it's a new beginning in the uh, coaching realm for the Rangers. Yeah, well, the Muse thing, you know, obviously the Rangers' first two draft picks this year are two kids out of the NTDP, and to see them interact with Muse after being picked, that was awesome. Um, and I think it's like the perfect balance, right? Like, Laviolette's that, like, kind of hardo at the top, and then you have the supporting staff around him to be that, like, level of comfort, right? Like, Michael Pekka, only good things are said about him as an assistant and, and in player development and whatnot. And he's also coached a lot of junior hockey, coached the OJHL for the junior Sabres for quite a bit. And then you look at Phil Housley, who obviously has NHL experience as well, both playing and coaching experience. So it's a good little like unit, I guess, for lack of a better term, right? Like lobby, let's kind of be that hardo. Uh, he's going to, you know, give his personality to the players. He's going to give them a hard time. He's going to get them to compete. But then, you know, obviously when the players are struggling, they have that supporting cast, right? They have the Housley, mm-hmm. they have the news, they have the Pekka. So, um, Listen, I, I still we can get into the roster too in a bit. Like I don't know what to expect from this team, but Cody, you can give your uh, opinion on the coaches as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I think you know we we said this on our last episode. Like we knew what we were getting with Laviolette. You know, he, he might not have had results and the results he was looking for in the past couple of years, but he's a Stanley Cup champion. He's been there three times with three different teams, and. I think that's very important. Like, I, I I mean, he's one of the longest, you know, he's been here for a long time. And I, I think we know he's, you know, a hard coach, you know, for his players. But I think he hired all the right guys, like you said, to really help push guys in the right way. And I think the most important thing is he hired two development assistant coaches. And, and that's our season. Like you said, you don't know what to expect. Like, really does hinge on these two kids in Lafreniere and Kako. Like, if they don't, flourish you know and and they don't even need to be superstars but if they don't flourish into like 60 point guys like and and you know defensively sound and things like that like we're, we're not going anywhere so um i think it's really important for for both of their development and um i do think like guys like muse and housley will will be able to get the best out of these kids and you know so so i, I i'm excited to kind of see where it goes and like i think the assistant coach hirings really made me feel as as a fan, like less bad or, or less like, Oh, it's just typical about the Laviolette signing. Okay. Now let me ask you guys this question. Is this a cup or bust season? Because I don't think so. I, I don't think the ceiling for this team is winning a Stanley cup. I, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I think maybe it's, it's an accomplishment if they get out of the second round and they go to the conference final again, like that would be over the moon for me. I know that's somewhat of like a pessimistic take, but when you look at this roster right now, it's not like a, that team is winning the Stanley cup. You know, it's just, that's just not the case. But, but I would say it's like that team is, is, is really deep. And if they did, people wouldn't like their minds wouldn't be blown. Like, I I don't think people would be like, holy shit. But like, you can see, you know, based on like all these power rankings coming out by like NHL.com bleacher report, whatever, like everybody's now putting the Rangers like between eight and 14. Whereas last year, like you didn't see them go past eight. So like clearly everybody knows they kind of took a step back and, you know, underwhelmed, lost the game seven, whatever. But I I think it's kind of an unknown depending on the, like where these coaches take them. Like that was the retool. And now they got some great players in to at at minimum cost to like, you know, support these guys. But again, like 
if Lafreniere surprises and becomes a 75 point player and just goes off, like you just said 60 a minute ago. <laughs> sure. Well, well, I'm saying we, that's what we need him to be. But like, if he goes yeah. off and, and blows everybody's minds, like who's to say where this team can go. And I think, you know, it's kind of a great unknown. The thing that scares me with them is like, we have an aging core, you know, like three years ago, we were like, holy shit, we have like the youngest team in the league. And like, we have this core locked up. Like now we're three more years in and we're still not at our end goal. So it's like, when do you put that cup or bust mentality on this team? Like, was it one year? Was it seriously like one year, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, you look at the talent level, it's there. You got a top 10 center, Mika Zibanejad. You got a top five winger in Artemi Panarin. You have a top three defenseman in Adam Fox. You have a top three goaltender in Igor Shosturkin, probably number one. Um, so the, the talent is there. The issue that stems very deep with the Rangers roster, every playoff run is the top players don't perform. You can't win games in the playoffs if your top guys don't perform. Jack Eichel had an unbelievable playoff. He was a very... He's probably the reason why the Golden Knights won the cup. Him and him and March or so and their goaltending. But I mean, it's just like you need your top players to perform. And I, I honestly think in the past five years, the Rangers have done everything right. The rebuild was very fast. They did a great job. They drafted well. There's just players not living up to the standards right now. And how much more can you add to this team and trade for yeah. when when the top guys just aren't performing? You know? And yeah. The first two games in the Devils series were great. They won, but the analytics behind it didn't support the fact that they just didn't play that great of a game. They just caught the Devils by surprise in two games, and then they got whooped. So yeah. I think a big problem was the depth, and they they addressed that very, very, very well. They they signed 10 guys on July 1st, uh, and, and we'll transition into that. And I think it creates uh, a lot of accountability in the lineup now that there's no safety net. You got a lot of depth. You got a lot of guys who can come in and out of the lineup. You're not going to get guys feeling comfortable on the fourth line if they have a couple bad games in a row because you can throw you can throw in different combinations on that fourth line now. Even the bottom defensive pairing, Braden Schneider can't feel safe anymore. There's a ton of guys that can slot in now, left-handed defensemen that they signed that you know makes his job a lot harder and a lot harder on him. But that just that's when you get the most out of players is when they don't feel like they're safe in their spot. And I think that Chris Jury did a great job on July 1st, and and it's going to prove well for this team. Like I said, I don't think it's cup or bust, but I think uh, the the addition of the depth and the new coaching staff is going to help them tremendously. So for me, I, like I'll just give my answer, and I actually have another follow up question, just to, like embrace the debate a little bit. But I think this year is just fully a trial year, right? Like you have a brand new coaching staff, and I, I think this is the year where you can't even argue the fact that Lafreniere and Kako, if they don't take some sort of leap this year then like we're I, kicked I it might be time. we're kicked yeah yeah we're kicked. Right? like like it might we're be time kicked. so like so for you know embracing the debate and i want to be careful how i word this because i don't want to like sound like i don't care about winning a stanley cup obviously that's the end goal but mm. do you think it's more important this season for Kako and lafreniere to have success or for the team overall to have success like for me if Kako and lafreniere both put up you know 60 to 70 points they succeed playing top six minutes that's a win i'll take that you know, as opposed to them not performing and the Rangers maybe getting to like the conference final, like, I don't know. The only six, the only exception to the question you just asked is winning a cup. That's the only fucking exception Come to on, me. Dude. Like it, no, it is. It is. No, that's, that's if they don't play well. If they don't play well, no, I'm saying? saying, I'm saying, I'm saying if they don't play up to where we want and the Rangers win a cup, amazing. 
if, oh, of course, if yeah, they, that's the obvious answer. <laughs> but, I mean, like, no, but but I'm I'm telling you, like, other than that, then then yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take them developing into superstars or you know whatever over us making it to the second or third round, like just to not win another cup because then okay, we let me have rephrase them. this. Let me let me rephrase. Would you rather the Rangers get to the second round and lose in the game seven? Or lose in the first round in like five games, but Lafreniere and Kako both put up 70 points. The easiest answer in the world is it's the second one. Second one, dude. Yeah. Second one. Because then we have them, then we know going into next year, we're like, holy shit, okay, we got these two kids that are going to be absolute animals. And now we actually have a chance. And now it's cup or bust. So, so that's I, what I'm saying. I think this year is like that trial period. And next year is again that cup or bust. You know, like I, I think that's what it has to be. Like this mentality. Obviously, you want to go into every season thinking, you know, let's win a Stanley cup. And that's what they should think. But, you know, I, I tweeted out the lines today that I thought, you know, as of July 5th could be a good lineup and we can get into that next or we can get into that later. But I think you have to just, I, I know it might not be earned, but you have to just throw Lafreniere and cock on the top six. You have to at this point. If, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they're Kaka will be there. If they put Lafreniere yeah. on the third line, like why did you keep him around? Like, why wouldn't you then just, move him and whoever else you needed to for like Nylander or like, you know what I mean? It's like, there's no point Nylander. in keeping him. <laughs> well, seriously, like why wouldn't you could just afford Nylander? <laughs> well, they, they could, if they fucking sent Lafreniere, Othman and like three other guys, like, like you have to, you have to put as, as much as, you know, he put up points and numbers last year. The kids have to start in the top six to start the season, and Blake Wheeler cannot be in the top six to start the season. Even though I think he might get there eventually, no, you I, have I to put the be. you have to put the kids there to start. You have but, to. But who are you going to put? You're going to put them both on the right wing. I, I don't. Yeah, like, I don't I think, yeah, I think, I think right now Wheeler's the second line right winger. Yeah, Lafreniere. Like part of the problem is like he was like yeah, like he's trying to be a team player, and he's like I'm super comfortable on the right. Like he doesn't play well on the right wing. He's just not as good of a like he, he so just wait, doesn't play as good. I'm I must have had a brain fart. I'm thinking so it's Panera wingers Panera and Kako. Kreider will be on the third line. It will be Kreider on the third line that we're saying like let third line left wing and Lafreniere would be the our, first line. Our left two, wing. Okay, our two yeah, left yeah, wing. yeah. I can I can get behind that. I actually think Kreider and uh, Vinny Trocheck on the third line played great last year. They yeah. they had like a short stint, but they they were they were like one of the best lines on the team when they were doing it. Um, yeah, that's another thing is, um, it, it doesn't get talked about enough is like, uh, as good as Chris Kreider's year was two years ago, he had a solid year last year and obviously he wasn't going to live up to the, the 52 goal season. Right. But now it's like how many more years until Chris Kreider just becomes a third line guy and not a first line guy. Right. And is it next season or is it the season after like that? That's another thing is it, it, that that I think that really just stems off of like is Lafreniere and Kako going to take it to the next level? And I think Kako showed a lot of signs of brilliance last season. I actually think like he's on the trend upward. Yep. But Lafreniere is like plateau and, and, and he is a year behind, but he, I couldn't agree more. It, it, it hinders on them. My issue is. Lafreniere in the playoffs, I think nobody played particularly that good, but I think Kako did some things that I was like, okay, he's like, he, there's the flash. Like to me, Lafreniere, like 
took a major, major misstep and like downgrade when it came to those seven playoff games where it's like, it doesn't make fans feel confident in him and in his ability going into this season. Like, you know, the talents there. I mean, you know how good the kid can be. Like you've seen flashes of brilliance where he'll make a sick move and blow a goal by a goaltender. But I think for me, the biggest issue for this kid is like, he just needs to be comfortable with his shot. Like he just needs to, sh- he, he, you know, I know he's a playmaker or whatever, but he had a shit ton of goals when, you know, coming up, like he needs to, he needs to shoot the puck. He needs to like familiarize himself. And I think another big thing is like, he needs to be consistent on his line. Like he got switched up a hundred times last season and the well, season that's before. Yeah, that's a coaching thing too. You know, totally. I think it's going to totally. be as and much it, line shuffling. Right. Yeah. And and that's something that I think is going to be like tremendous for his development because he was never able to build like the type of chemistry. Like he only built chemistry with the kid line because the last 10 games of the season he was with them. And then the whole playoffs he was with them. So that's like 20 games of consistency. Whereas like every other game, the kid's getting shuffled around. You know, and you talk about Lafreniere's shot. Sorry, you talk about Lafreniere's shot, right? He does have a scoring touch. He's he's top totally. three. He's top three on the team in the last three years in five v five goals. Totally. I mean, the guy the guy has a scoring touch. It's just the confidence to shoot it. You look at the past first overall picks. They're all shooters. They're all gamers. Even like the top two, right? Like you look at this draft: Bedard, Fantilli. They shoot the puck, man. Yeah. They they they're unbelievable at shooting the puck. You go back down the line, Jack Hughes. He didn't have a great first year, but he came back and obviously stole the show. And now he's a superstar. Like yeah. that's what I, I'm not saying Lafreniere has to be a superstar, but you gotta shoot the puck. You gotta just you gotta be a guy that you can rely on. Like when when he has the puck, he's gonna do something special with it. Maybe not every game, but it's gotta be on a consistent basis. Yeah. And, yeah. and John, sorry, I know you want to go. The, the last thing I'll say before I kick it to you is just like, and I know. You know, I know everybody wants this kid to like ball out, right? But like, without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Some first overall picks are just slower burns. I mean, like, look at Nugent Hopkins. Dude, he was a superstar this year. The guy had 104 100 points. points. 104 yeah. points. And the last two years before there, I think he was in the 60s. So it's like, or, or you know, like, it just takes some people longer. And, like, I'm hoping that's Lafreniere, like, you know, Nugent Hopkins was never really like kind of there. And then they made that switch. I think it was like 17, 18 and he got a new coach and, and, you know, like uh, maybe it was an assistant coach or something like that, but it really helped his development. So I think like, I'm hoping that, you know, Housley or, or Muse or, you know, one of these guys can like unleash something in this kid to, to just get him going. Yeah. I mean, and back to Chris, the Jury, Chris Jury's job is hanging on it. Sorry, yeah. that was the yeah. last thing I wanted to yeah. add. No, no, it's true. It's true. And and back this to is the, a, I think know, this Lafreniere. is his last coaching staff. Probably. Totally. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Back to just that point of Lafreniere playing on the first line. Like, you know, a lot of fans are saying he hasn't earned it. He hasn't earned it. He hasn't earned it. But you have to be given the opportunity sometimes to show what you can do. Like, you know, he's yeah. not – like, Alexi Lafreniere is not a third-line player 
And that's what he's been put as. And that's what he's been looked at by Ranger fans. Cause that's really what's been handed to him. And there was a couple games last year. Actually, if I'm remembering correctly, I was at the game against St. Louis at home, like in November when the Rangers were on like their eight game skid and it was Lafreniere, Kako, Mika. And I'm pretty sure they, each put up like two points in that game. Like they were able to, you know, find a way to produce and they played pretty well together. But then like, you know, two games later, you know, obviously that line gets mixed up. So um, listen, also like Lafreniere was guilty of, you know, showing up for some games and just being totally lackadaisical the next couple of games. Like I think uh, Laviolette's going to be perfect for him though, in that regard where Laviolette will keep him engaged like throughout the entire season. Um, You know, I think it was clear that he was disengaged because he wasn't getting the opportunity. And sometimes, you know, when you are looked at as a, specific kind of player a third line guy who doesn't get much power play time doesn't kill penalties and you know you're stuck in that role it's really hard to motivate yourself for a coach that you know you know how they see you and that happens to everyone so i think this is a fresh start for lafreniere also and it's a fresh start for everyone right like people will be given opportunities that they might not deserve because it's a new staff and this is how they see players um but also you know that being said i know cody i just said that's being said whatever chris Kreider is not a third line player either but i think to benefit the group as a whole you got to put Kreider on the third line because Kreider can play basically up and down the lineup and he's still going to get yeah. that first power play time in front of the net. He's going to deflect pucks. He's going to get, you know, rebounds. He's going to score off the rush with his shot. And I think just for the overall team as a whole, for everyone to succeed, you got to put Lafreniere in that position and Kreider's going to be the and one who has PP1. to adjust because Lafreniere has to be able to for two years. I still don't know if Lafreniere fits on PP1 right now. I, 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 you, I don't you, you got to give him a chance. You have to. Well, I did. I did see they're gonna they're gonna mix up the units. I think they're not gonna load up one. I think they're gonna mix and match and have two strong units. From in the last twenty years, Lafreniere has the lowest power play one time of any first overall pick by a landslide. Like I saw the graphic, it's by a landslide. Yeah, you you got to literally like zero. Yeah, I've I've been I've been preaching this to Johnny since like literally for two seasons. Like he he needs. If you want him to take that step to be an X point player, X playmaker play, like he's got to be on power play one, even if it, and, and that's the thing, right? Like you're like, oh, he doesn't fit. You have to make it fit for him. You yes. have to, you have to find a way to, you know, if, if it's pushing Panarin to PP2 or whoever, like you have to make it work to make this kid successful so that he can like go in and untap that potential because He's got the talent. He's got the talent to be a superstar, but it's kind of like how it is for Drury. It's it's the same way for him. It's like sink or swim time where it's like you, it, now's the time you unlock that talent for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just need to fully commit to these kids, man. You need to give them every tool they can they can get to succeed. And if they don't, then you know. But we have not given them on a consistent basis tools to succeed where we know exactly where they're going to be within the next five years. I yeah. really, I truly don't believe that we've given them everything they they've gotten. Like it's, it's like almost like giving a painter, like a, a shitty paintbrush, like give him a fresh paintbrush, give him like a brand new one out of the fucking. That's package. the best you can come up with. I don't know. I'm just coming up with shit on the spot. <laughs> give him, get, go to, go to home Depot, get one fresh out of the package. Stop giving me the hand me down, you know, third line power play two bullshit, put him on the first line, put him on power play one and leave him there for 10 to 15 games. And if he sucks, guess what? We'll trade him next year. Yeah, that's it. 
But yeah. I just need to know. I need to know as a fan because it, it, it's sickening. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it is. you know, for for the Rangers, they hadn't got a first overall pick in God knows how long. They finally <laughs> get one. Like they finally get one. He's all in the newspapers. It's the biggest thing in the world. And you see it. Cody mentioned it before. You see the untapped potential. He had, you know, the between the legs goals. And, and, you know, he's he's got like a really good stride. I know Johnny like gets off to his stride. He's tweeted about Not it. Before. He's the prettiest fucking skater in the league. Okay? Exactly. But that was the worst thing. <laughs> it's up there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like I, like Kako's taking a step, like it's time for him to take a step and, and listen, I don't want to be hard on guys, but uh, you gotta be at this, at this point. Honestly, if, if Lafreniere breaks out this year and becomes a superstar, we should for sure print prettiest skater in the league shirts. That would be hilarious. That'd be People buy in. Also, um, yeah. last thing I'll say on Lafreniere, speaking of trades, Avery, do you think it's true? And this is for you too, John. Do you think it's true? Like the rumor that Elliot Friedman put out about the Rangers were looking into trading with the Habs at number three to get Mitchkov for Lafreniere. Do you think that's a true thing? I don't think the Habs would have done it. That's my Well, opinion. they didn't end up taking him. The Flyers got him, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I just think like um, – when there's smoke there's fire like i think that there's like little leaks that like come out or, or yeah. some some teams even just do it just to yeah. kind of create a stir and see if any phone calls will happen but i, I don't know i think they're still committed because jury said jury said he's like i'm not moving him but i i almost feel like he had to say that, at that yeah point. well also like now would be the worst time to move him there's no value on lafreniere right now yeah like there's, there'd be no reason to move him right now yeah. i i think right you know if they were to do that it would have been a waste and jury obviously you know, the one thing you can definitely credit Jury for is understanding value in players, right? Like, you know, the deal for Niels Lundqvist last year to start the season off, um, you know, I'm bringing in Kane and Tarasenko for what we got him at. You know, didn't really give much up, although it's kind of put us in, you know, a little bit of cap hell here, but he's figured it out, right? Like, we just, we're going to talk about it now. He signed, you know, I think 10 free agents or maybe even more. How many was it? One, I two, think it was three, 10 four, on the five, dot. Six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Yeah, 10 on the dot. I mean, like, I thought he was done for the day after they signed Pitlick. And then that guy went off. And, uh, you know, I think we don't need to talk about all that 10. Was, that was so funny, dude. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Johnny tweeted. He's like, don't be quiet for the rest of the day. <laughs> There's like seven signings after you said that. Yeah, it was crazy. I also had a party at 3 o'clock. I was just like hoping he was done. Um, but, you know, I think Blake Wheeler. What What are you smiling at, Avery? <laughs> you're just like, you're just like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And maybe it was the... In the last 10 years that I can remember, the most active the Rangers have ever been on July 1st. Just Which typical. is insane because they signed 10 guys for $4.8 million. And five of those guys will be contributors this year. Can we live? Can we do a Johnny Lazarus live tweet right now and just tweet like, I firmly believe that Vladimir Tarasenko will not be back with the Rangers. So do, he, he comes back. I don't think that. Do I don't it. think that. Oh, just so he comes back, you're saying just to yeah. do the opposite. Do it, do it. Do yeah. It. Uh, we need a Jay Lazzy reverse jinx. And you can say Avery that. made me do it. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I actually, uh, I spoke to a good friend of the show, uh, Nate Thompson, about Blake Wheeler because they played together in Winnipeg for a bit. And Nate was like, dude, I'm telling you, Blake Wheeler is going to surprise everyone. That guy's still got a lot of game in him. And, you know, I, I think Ranger fans are going to fucking love him. So uh, that obviously wasn't a word for word quote. I'm not going to pull up the text, but. Um, Blake Wheeler is arguably one of the better signings, I think, out of the entire NHL as far as free agents go. I mean, getting that guy for 800K is, uh, you know, a pretty good deal. By far. I mean, he would he have 55 points last year? He was also a point-per-game player in the playoffs uh, for, I think, 
Winnipeg ended up playing like five games. I think yeah. he had six points. Well, going back but, to the last five years, he's got like 38 points in 40 playoff games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, playoff performer, big body. You, you like to see it. It almost reminds me a little bit of Rick Nash, his type of build. He's He's got that kind of build. Okay, the build. I, listen, <laughs> I, I'm saying the build, not like yeah, the yeah, scoring yeah. Be careful like there. that. No, 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 no. I'm saying like. I'm just going to post a clip on social media. Avery saying Blake Wheeler reminds me of Rick Nash. <laughs> yeah, just the build, dude. I, got, I still want me to come back with your tweets, buddy. Like, let's relax here. Sidney Crosby, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying like prime Rick Nash. Rangers Rick Nash, like towards the end of his career, you could probably say a little bit like Blake Wheeler. How many points did Rick Nash have with his last season in New York? The better question is how many points did he have on the Boston Bruins when we fucking fleeced them dummies? Yeah, that was crazy. 28 points in 60 games. 18 Exactly. So Blake Wheeler's already better. Listen, I love Rick Nash. In his last three seasons, he didn't have over 40 points. And Blake Wheeler had 55 at 36 years old last year. Just saying. We're, I'm not. We're trying to get Rick Nash prime. in the pod, so don't rip him. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I know. I said I love Rick Nash. I have his jersey yeah. in my like in my room. He's one of my favorite Rangers, Ranger acquisitions ever. But Except um, he didn't show up. In the but you guys were just flaming my comparison with him. No, I was saying be careful which which road you go down there because people would take that and run with it. Okay. Um, but I don't know. What is Cody doing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what Cody's doing. What's up, boys? Um, should I tell my Rick Nash story, though? Yes. Just making some pizza. You're making pizza in the middle of the podcast? You can't fucking wait? Dude, Dude I'm making it for you guys. Are you serious okay. right now? Just do, tell the Rick Nash story. Wait, this is absurd. <laughs> no, <I'm not> making- <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, dude. I, I don't, I don't believe there. you at all. You're definitely making food, food right now. No, I'm not. All right, I'll just tell a quick story. So I was at uh, the Barstool Bar in Nashville. Uh, for the draft and Colby Armstrong, who will definitely have come on this show someday, even though he has nothing to do with the Rangers. Colby walks up to me and goes, yo, Laz, that's Rick Nash over there. Like you want, you want to go jerk off into a cup? And I was like, no, but I'd love to meet him. And Kobe walks me up to Rick Nash and goes, what's up, Nasher? This is Johnny. He works with the NHL. He's a huge Rangers fan. He's probably going to jizz in his pants after he shakes your hand. And I was just like, Hey Rick. <laughs> yeah. That's just a crazy introduction. That's Army. He's the coolest guy. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah, we should definitely have him on. He, he's got some good stories, and I'm sure he's got some good, like, playing the Rangers stories from being in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, Unreal Night with Colby. He's the man, and we'll definitely try to get him on here. But, uh, you know, speaking of the draft, Gabe Perot at 23rd, Unreal player. And it's interesting, right? Because, you know, everyone talks about how he's the smartest guy and how he set a NTDP record for points. But it's so weird thinking about the fact that his two line mates, Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, who went four and eight and they're all playing together at BC next year. Perot had the most points on that line. Like, it's interesting to think why he dropped 23. I, I still got to th- I know it's a skating. That's like, you know, the thing people are iffy about. That was their on. concern. That was their concern. But it's, it's so odd that you find that, right? Like, when, when is a prospect that, like, leads a team or, you know, line and points, like, picked third out of the rest of his line mates? It's kind of interesting. I don't yeah. know if you guys have a thought on it. Or, I, yeah, I, don't know. I, mean, I mean, I'm just happy we got him. He, he was yeah. – the the number I think eleventh ranked prospect and we got him at twenty three like that's he fell into our hands and honestly if he fucking tears it up and he's up in a year like uh, be I, I don't think he should I think he should take two years at BC at least minimum two years at BC yeah I mean college college developing is so different too like I actually tweeted it when he was picked in the last eleven years the Rangers have had ten first round picks only two of them played in college Kendra Miller and Brady Shea and like those two guys turned into everyday NHLers and like have you know succeeded at the National Hockey League level Gabe Perot if he takes two years in college even three 
you know, look at what college did to Adam Fox too, right? Fox played till his junior year. He comes into the NHL and makes a difference right away. Um, you know, I, I think as far as playing in college goes, you have such a better opportunity there because you work out so much. You're in the gym. Like it truly is a great development tool. And obviously I never played in like the OHL or WHL or whatever, but um, you know, just seeing the college guys that I've seen succeed at the NHL level, like McCarr, McAvoy, Fox, um, Quinn Hughes, like Try guys who, you know, who? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I said Vetrano. Vetrano. Just guys who didn't uh, you know, rush their development and went back to college and got bigger and stronger because also who, does, who wants to – rush their college career, right? Like, I think Fantilli should have went back for one more year. I know he's signed That's Columbus, crazy but, that he signed, yeah. honestly. Fucking crazy. I mean, That's a sh- shock. He won the Hobie Baker, played in the Frozen Four. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, to be honest, he's going to get called up and probably do a lot of the Called up. He's going to start on the team, probably. That, that's probably what I'm, the first that's what I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he'll, he'll get, you know, he'll, he'll play for the big guys and, and probably do some of the shit he would have done in college anyways. Talk about yeah, a ballsy but, pick by the Ducks. I know we're a Rangers pod podcast but oh my goodness i thought fantilli was the guaranteed number two in he honestly okay as as sick as bedard was fantilli had an unbelievable season last year like he could have in any other draft to you he's a number oh one. yeah dude i think 100%. i think the top four picks in any in almost any other draft would have went number one in my 100%. opinion i think the top four picks like leading up to mitchkov like i think the four guys before him well mitchkov went eight seen, no, he went five, dude. Brother, I was there. Didn't he, didn't he go five to the Flyers? <laughs> no, he no. went. Rhinebacker, Rhinebacker went. You're right. You're right. You're right. Wait, didn't he go seven? Don't act as if you watched the draft. Didn't I the watched cat, the no, entire no, no. fucking draft, you weenie. I think no, you're both wrong. I think he went. I think he went. Seven. I watched the entire draft. The entire draft. He was right. He went seven to the Flyers. He went seven, and the Caps picked him. Leonard Leonard went eight to the Capitals. I can't believe you think I didn't watch the fucking draft. I know for a fact you didn't watch the draft. I know for a the fact. entire first round. How much would you like to bet? I will go and I will send you a video of my YouTube TV because I have DVR and we'll send you it. How much money do you want to bet right now? Why would you DVR draft? something that you're watching live? I what? Bro, do you know how YouTube <laughs> TV works? I can go back and find where right, I watch. Yeah, let's just, let's, regardless, let's let's, regardless, yeah. Gabe Perot, awesome pick. Like in the past five to six years like rangers draft picks it, it honestly made me feel so good that they just took the guy that that needed to be taken if that made it makes sense like you mean like yeah. Kravtsov? yeah like the 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 <laughs> picks leading up to it i'm like there's no way this guy perot falls to the rangers like there's no way that the flyers take him uh, the, the flyer the flyers are going to take him like it just didn't make sense that he slipped all that all the way down to us and that that could either be a good thing or a bad thing but even if he ends up being a bad pick, like it was just the the right pick to make, and he's yeah. a phenomenal hockey player. He's not. I, I'm not going to get mad. No, yeah. I don't think at all. I think he's going to be sick. I think, like he has top six potential without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And Johnny, you're you're long term friends with their family, right? Uh, no, I went to school with Lily, his sister, who uh, graduated from Mercyhurst. We went to college together, and yeah, well, his older brother got drafted by the Ducks in the first round. Jacob. Uh, they're a hockey family. My dad played in the NHL. I saw them walking on Broadway after the draft. It was kind of cool. 
Gabe was like rocking his Ranger jersey just like on Broadway with the family. So it was easy to spot out. But oh, that's uh, sick. It was cool to talk to him like right after that. You happened. you interviewed Bedard, right? That's fu- that's unreal. I did. I did talk to Bedard. Talk talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was super cool. So we did the NHL draft backstage show, which was like not live. They posted it on YouTube. It's like a 40 minute show. We talked to, you know, I think at least like 20 out of the first 32, you know, first round picks. And uh, Avery, what are you fucking what are you laughing at? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was super cool. We talked to Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Smith, Leno, um, Simashev, you know, all these guys, Ryan Backer. Um, honestly, low key, biggest beauty in that class. Chicago's second pick, Oliver Moore. That kid is a stud. Like he's an unreal dude. He's playing at Minnesota next year. Uh, super funny guy, and um, he's someone I'm looking forward to watching too. But yeah, that was that a, was a cool sick experience. pick. Yeah, my first. That was my first draft. Even though I didn't really get to experience the draft because we were like backstage. Like I didn't like watch the draft as it was happening. We had it on the TV. But uh, the draft is a lot of fun, man. Like everyone in the hockey world is there. Like I was actually, uh, I was Jason Aldeans. I didn't really talk to them much, but. Rick Nash and Kevin Hayes were like right next to me at the bar, just like shooting the shit. It was it was kind of cool. I was trying to eavesdrop. I heard um, I heard Hayes is is a good dude, like a beauty. Yeah, seems like the man. Um, he is all these guys, dude. dude. Everyone everyone's so cool. Like like you know, I know you're gonna shit on me a little bit, but Jack Hughes, like he's like my favorite kid ever. He's he's the coolest dude. Like I have so much fun with that kid every time I run into him. Drinking beers, being dudes, drinking nooners. Users ladding, ladding with the lads. Love it. But all right, let's tra- let's transition. Let's yeah. Let's what else is even left? Draft talk. Lines. And Lines. Then we're done. Lines. Lines. Okay. All right. Yeah. Should I speak it off since I tweeted it? Yeah. Do it. All right. So here's what I'm thinking just right now, as of today. If I were to put out the lines, I would start with Lafreniere, Mika, and Kako. They spent a couple games together last year. Do you guys Should have any issues with that? Down? I know. What? Should we write these down? And see I mean, I have it tweeted. Okay. I'll write mine down. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, then also, this will change so much if we get Tarasenko, but second line, I have Panarin, Hedo, Wheeler. That was, the, that was the Johnny Lazarus guarantee. What? You just said this will change so much when we get Tarasenko. Well, I mean, if we get Tarasenko, I think Wheeler obviously drops down to the you know third right wing spot. If like, we get we, Tarasenko, like, I'll cream my pants. Like you're not putting VZ and Pitlick above Wheeler right now, are you? Like, who's getting that second line right wing spot over Wheeler? No, it's it's Wheeler. It's it's for yeah. sure Wheeler. No, but like, there's people it. who are saying that Wheeler should be in the no. third line, which he no, no, you know, no realistically no. should be. If the, the only reason they're saying that is because then they're they're alluding to either Kreider or Lafreniere is going to be on the right wing. That's the only reason they're saying that. Yeah. So well, then third line, I have Kreider, confirmed. Trocek, and VZ. Huh? I love. I love. Sorry, I that line. they can't uh, buy out Goodrow in this window. We mentioned it before, but um, no, apparently, yeah, he the player that they can buy out has to make over four million dollars AAV. Got it. Sorry, okay. keep going. He's Maybe very expendable now. I think. Yeah. And then the fourth line, I have Goodrow, Benino, and Pitlick. Pitlick doesn't have to be an every night guy. More than happy to have Will Cooley in there. Um, you know, this is just what I think right now today, prior to training camp, and seeing what these guys can do. I, I like your lines. I like your lines, John. No, I I saw Johnny's tweet, and usually I scoff at all his tweets because he's a little <laughs> uh, But I actually really like these lines. I'm actually trying to find the tweet. Did you send it in our text? I tweeted page? a lot today. Um, yeah. yeah, you did. Johnny was firing on all cylinders. Here we go. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think there's really any need for backlash 
you said you were expecting it with the Lafreniere and Kreider mix up. But um, I personally don't like to look at lines as like uh, like an indefinite like like one, two, three, four, like straight down the line. Obviously, fourth line is not going to get as much ice time. But mm. the ice time last season wasn't that um, like it didn't it was like fluctuated almost. I'm trying to think of the word like it it, it, it was pretty even like it wasn't like he you know, rolled four yeah, like you had the Panarin and the Mika who would get the the power play time, but to be fair, like Gallant never saw it as like a, you know, first line's going to play way more than the 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 fourth line or the third line. Um honestly, the only change I would make is I would still keep Kreider in the top 6 and probably throw Kako with Hedl and and Panarin, but I I do like um moving the way you put Lafreniere. You're scumbag. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Right. I would move. I'd move Wheeler, and VZ can play left wing. What does it matter? Wait, I'm so confused in what you're saying right now. Okay, I'd put Kreider. I'd put Kreider on the top line with Zab- Zabanjad and Kako. I'd move Lafreniere mm-hmm. with, with Panarin and Heedle, and then I would just slide VC to left wing and put Wheeler on the right. Between so you have Lafreniere and... on the right on the second line. Yeah, Got it. I like. So I, everything... I like guys with the. The off, Everything off against what job. we talked about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Honestly, I might say Bro, I, the worst. No, no, I might say something. I might say something. Something dumb here, but um, so I don't excited. understand. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why guys are so fixated. Like wingers, like I feel like wingers can play both sides. Like I don't think that. Like I think that Panarin could play right wing just as good as he plays left. It, it takes a certain level of talent. Um, and also, like, I think depending on, on you know, your hand, like if you're a lefty-righty, that that certainly takes factor as well sometimes. Well, that's what he's, that's what he's saying. <laughs> no, but he's saying it doesn't matter. But here's the thing with Panarin. I'll tell you why Panarin should not be playing on his right side. Panarin, no, 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 I wouldn't I think, put him there. I'm just saying. No, like, no. Yeah, I'm saying the counter-argument to what you're saying. Like, yeah. I think the hardest thing when you're playing your off-wing is breakout purposes because – when your head is on a swivel and you're trying to catch a pass in your backhand, you can't see the defenseman pinching. And when you're on your forehand side, your, your vision is to the entire ice. So like trying to catch a pass from the defenseman in your backhand, you can't necessarily see where the center is and where the opposite winger is. So it's harder to make that initial pass in the breakout. And then the offensive zone, when you're skating in, you can't really get a strong shot off, off the rush, right? Cause you're on your offside, unless you like kind of pull it in and like shoot uh, against the grain, which is really hard to do. Obviously some guys can do it, but not a lot of people can. And like, you know, in the case of Artemi Panarin, you know, I think his favorite thing in the offensive zone is to, you know, cut back on the rush and hit the second wave of offense. Like how many times you see Panarin cross the blue line, stop on a dime and then feed somebody either across the ice or hit the point, you know, the guy driving in the second wave. Like that's what Panarin does best. Panarin's never burning a guy wide with speed because he doesn't really have it. So, you know, a guy like Kreider, who's on the strong side, Kreider has all the speed in the world and he has the shot when he's coming down the left wing flying it makes all the sense in the world to have Kreider on a strong side. If he's coming on the opposite side, it's a little bit harder to get that angle and get that scoring chance. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I think, but the biggest thing is bringing mm-hmm. out the puck because when you're on the off one, you have to be so careful of the defense and pitching in because you really can't see since your back is somewhat to them. Mm-hmm. Was that a good right. breakdown? That sounded really smart. That was, that was, that was, that was, that was pretty fucking solid. good. I, I actually zoned out <laughs> part of it because it was, it was too smart for me. I just, <laughs> basically the, the, my argument for it, and I, I thought that was that was really well done, well broken down, Johnny. But <laughs> my only thing is like, if you I just feel like Will Ferrell in old school. 
<laughs> if the if the if the Rangers are committed to keeping Kreider in the top six, and you ask Lafreniere this question, would you rather play left wing on the third or play right wing on the second line? What do you think his answer is going to be? I mean, I think anyone would say right wing on the second, but like that's just exactly. him saying it for the better opportunity. It's not like yeah. where he's most comfortable. Yeah. yeah. All right. You know, here's the best lines of the night. Okay. Line number one. <laughs> no joke. It's just going to be incredible. Um, Panarin, ZBJ, Kako. Line ZBJ? One. Yeah. Okay. Line one, elite. Line two. I don't think I've ever heard him get called ZBJ. Keep going. Never. I call him ZBJ all the time. <laughs> um, never said that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Line two, Lafreniere, Heedle, Wheeler, elite. Line three, Kreider, Trocek, and one of either Othman or VC, whoever makes it. So line four. Here. Okay. Shh. Line four. <laughs> Pitlick, Bonino, Goudreau. And then for my D pairings, I want Miller, Fox, Lingren, Truba, Truba Gustafsson, Gustafsson, however you say his name, and then Schneider. I would love right. to see Miller, Fox. That's that's one. That's, yeah. that's it, my bucket. It, it, it would be elite. That's my bucket list, New York Rangers. Best line of the but night, But I don't right? think Lingren and Shuba are not breaking out the puck cleanly. It's just not happening. But, dude, Lingren rocks, bro. I love Lingren, but they're just, they're just not breaking the puck out cleanly. Like, it's just not happening. Like, you need Foxy and, and Miller separate to break the puck out. Like All right, deep pairings are a work in progress, but those should be the four lines. Okay. Uh, you also should good, probably, right? probably flip Gaudreau and Pitlick because Pitlick's a righty, Gaudreau lefty. Have Gaudreau well, Gaudreau, Gaudreau plays both sides, though. Kedrow yeah, I know, but why would you put Pitlick on his offside if Kadro plays well? Whatever, yeah, whatever. Lefty, Dumbass. righty, dude. Be ambidextrous. <laughs> Don't be a bitch. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? I know we're going to have – oh, so let's just drop this. Uh, we're going to be interviewing Mike Rupp on Friday, probably talk to him about mostly his career. We'll, we'll ask some current stuff too, but we want to hear his stories and talk about his time as a Ranger. Probably drop that on Monday, and then uh, you know, hopefully we'll get two episodes going throughout the rest of the summer, but it'll probably be like you know, storytelling or, or whatnot, right? Like there's not going to be much happening, I think, the next like – month or so until training camp starts so uh just bear with us and we'll try to get fan questions in um you know get your guys thoughts in the off season and whatnot so uh it'll be a lot of fun but yeah mike rub yep. coming out on monday and uh you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up no i'm excited to be back this is great um there, there's great having fun. you yeah there, there's <laughs> there's always fun in this man like we always like poke fun at each other but um it's good to get back together good to talk rangers uh kind of getting in the spirit football is like only a month away so we're we're already really? we're getting there Boy, yeah johnny doesn't do football those are the I things don't. johnny where you like throw it and guys catch it and run and score it's it's cool you should check yeah. it out one time um but no that's that's really it we're we're pumped to be back and uh you know we're gonna crush it so do your lfgr let's get the fuck out of here all right as avery's hoodie says but i say it better lfgr baby Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.